This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the second instalment of the new Blues Focus podcast. I'm Tommy, I'm your host for this evening. Uh, I'm joined with Gabe and Tom. Uh, you'd just like to say hi guys. Hi, thanks. How are you? And uh, we're just going to sort of talk about uh, a couple of things this evening. It's only going to be a short podcast uh, to our typical sort of hour and a half like ones. Uh, so we'll keep like a, a bit of a cap on some of the things that we're talking about because we want to keep these as regular as possible. We want to try and get these out to you as quick as we can. Uh, so we've got a couple of points this evening to talk about. Uh, one that has literally been 12 minutes new to us uh, is the new away kit. Or let's you know, it's not new in technical wise because I saw it was released on, was leaked on the, uh, was, was leaked on Twitter the other day. Um, we'll come to you, Gabe, first and see like what, what you think of the kit, of what you thought of it. Honestly, Tom, I'm not a kit connoisseur at all. I don't find kits interesting in the slightest. It's uh, it's how the players play in the kit that matters to me. So uh, I've got no opinions whatsoever. Well, fair enough. Uh, what, about, <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tom? Uh, I'm the opposite, actually. I've come and flicked as many kits as I can. <laughs> um, I was quite disappointed when I saw it because, like you said, it was on Twitter before... Uh, I saw the bowl and Annie's stuff and everyone was saying, oh, it could be pinstops. And I was hoping it would be sort of an away, the, the away version of the 99 kit, you know, with the pinstops and the satellite bags. Mm. I was all excited. And then I saw it and all I could think of was that there was a big Norway badge in the centre of it. <laughs> it does look a bit Norway-like. I can't get... Yeah. I, oh, you've ruined that for me now. I can't not see that. <laughs> I, it's grown on me though from when I first saw it on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know whether that's because I've, I've accepted that's that kit now. But... Mm. Yeah, that's a fair point, actually. I mean, <laughs> I was I was doing a little reaction video whilst um, before coming on here. Uh, it kind of annoyed me because it said that it'd be, the video was start at six, premiere at six, and then it did another countdown. It started with a two minute <laughs> countdown. It's like it's not starting at six, then it's starting at six oh two. So that's annoying. <laughs> we would have been starting this podcast a bit earlier if I hadn't been for that. Um, but yeah, I was disappointed in it because 
I, I suddenly just got this idea of perhaps we might have an away shirt sponsor and we might have pinstripe badges, uh, pinstripe look to it. But uh, yeah, that's all out of the equation now. So um, yeah, imagine your imagination. Bit... I know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, like how we feel about both kits. I mean, Gabe, of course, you don't really care about whatever it's like as long as we play well in it. Um, but did you like the home kit? Is it? Does it look blues? Do you think? Honestly, it's just uh, there's nothing about the appearance of kits that I just ever have strong opinions on. Other people seem to have these this massive thing on oh, retro kits and how it looks and this that and the other, but it just it just never really crosses my mind. So mm. I'm I'm like the worst person that could possibly come. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what about you? Home kit. Thoughts uh, about it? The home kit. I like the home kit. I like the white trim. I know I'm going to go more detailed and it might bore, bore Gabe. But, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, no, go for it. I, guess, <laughs> I think that's your use of flying. Go for it, mate. <laughs> I do really like the, the white trim on it. It's something different. I really like last season's home kit that we tried something different rather than, you know, the box standard blue and... One of my favourite kits is that one that's uh, I can see behind you, the, the paint flex on it. Oh, this one over here. Yeah. And sort of the more I the better. I do like this kit, though. I think it's clean. Um, mm. And like I said, I prefer it to be a white one. Yeah, it's amazing how people like that shirt. I I don't know why people like seem to love it. I mean, it's, it's iconic, I suppose, to Blues now because it's like one of the worst kits we've ever had. So just... <laughs> I don't know. People seem I to. Know, I think, it's, about I think it. it's just something different. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it, you look at you look at kits. I mean, I've seen a few kits in the division this year that look different. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Reading's kit. I haven't. No, actually. Absolutely horrendous. So they've got this sleeve just on a little side track. This sleeve that's supposed to signify global warming. Oh and right. It's just loads of different lines, different colours. It looks awesome, in my opinion. <laughs> Um, yeah that is not good actually yeah it's just it's when they play about <laughs> with the see. sleeves yeah yeah. Uh, I mean uh, everyone's raving about Coventry's kit as well aren't they this season mm. yeah it's, I, I suppose it's all down to what people think it's different tastes different things uh, but moving yeah. on we don't want to talk about the kit the whole time of course <laughs> you know we're not all we're a poor game to sleep yeah. <laughs> just seems slowly nodding. I mean, like the, the like the team did, did last season. Did <laughs> yeah, yeah so it's, 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 I think the kit was nice. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, especially at the home games. The away games were a bit more entertaining. Um, moving on to the quote that Deeney said to the I can't remember what um, I can't remember what newspaper or whoever he told it to was. Um, but I'll tell you the quote that he said. He, um, he was saying, uh, everyone has already written us off. Let's go and prove everybody wrong. And when we prove everybody wrong, how good will that feel? Now, we'll come to you, Gabe, first. Uh, what, does that, what, what does that sort of say to you when you think of that? I um, I appreciate Troy Deeney's spirit, definitely. Um, I think that he's a fantastic character to have around the club. He's always going to stay positive uh, and keep everyone um, upbeat. Um, I think the, the difficult thing for me is that I... <sighs> 
I struggle to feel connected with uh, with Blues at the moment because of what's going on off the pitch. And mm. we've had these various issues over the last eight years, ongoing different owners, but similar pro- problems, sometimes in terms of the lack of investment. Sometimes there's been too much investment in the wrong areas. And I think that's kind of the issue in, in recent years. And um, I am obviously wish uh, Maxi Lopez and Paul Richardson the best taking over, but they're supposedly appointing a CEO in Matt Southall, who in my opinion, shouldn't be near a, a football club. So for me, I find it really difficult to feel connected to Birmingham City and to have a club that I that I really believe in at the moment because of these ongoing issues. So um, really, I think that um, there's 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 no other alternative. I think why why wouldn't you write Blues off at this stage of the season? Um, having said that, lots of belief in John Eustace as a coach. He's got some excellent reviews. So happy to support him and the lads. But um, I, I think that, um, that there are huge issues at the club and they've got to be dealt with one way or another. Yeah, some great points there you raised, actually. I mean, like all the owner things recently, like it's like a different story every day at the moment. It really is. It's like one minute Richardson and Lopez are taking over. The next they're not even submitting the, um, was it the documents to the EFL who was saying that this morning on Talk Sports? Mm, I remember yeah. who it was now. Um, but yeah, like... <laughs> I mean, like, how do we even go about thinking optimistic anyway, um, Tom? Like, this, does it, is this the season we get relegated? I can't say yes, can I really? No. I can't be a Blues fan and go, yes, this is the one. But Blues always have an unhealthy sort of ability to make me feel optimistic before every single season we go into. And this season, I still feel optimistic, but it's so much less than it has been previously. Mm. I mean, my optimism this season is a staying up, whereas before it's been, we're going to challenge, we're going to be up there, we're going to be around it. And, you know, we toy saying those words. I mean, you can't you can't argue against it. Everyone has written us off. I've watched a number of predictions, both by pundits and YouTubers, mm. and we've, yeah. we've been 24th or 23rd in every one, not even 22nd. No one's given us a hope. Um I do think there's some worse teams in the division than us, and I definitely think there's worse managers than John Eustace in the division, and I think that might save us. But like you said, the ownership issues and the off-the-field issues, I think, come into this massively. Mm. Um, you know, it's just, it's it's abject. The home the home stadiums and Andrews isn't going to be like it usually is again for another year, and I think that's criminal. And I think if Troy can get the dressing room and everyone rallied up and like he says it's gonna be so much better, I'll be I'll be so much I'll feel so much better, you know, when it happens. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If we stay yeah, up yeah. and everyone said we're gonna go down, it'll be absolutely fantastic. But just yeah, just to build on what Tom said there, I think where the optimism comes from, I think it's partly from Eustace and his coaching credentials. So when he was at Kidderminster Harriers, they were referred to as non-league Barcelona. Yeah. Um, and then he got some work at QPR and got rave reviews for that. And he got the gig assisting um, Kenny at, uh, at, with up with the Ireland setup. And he was linked with a Watford job. So this is a manager with a really good coaching potential. And I think that's yeah. probably one of our main selling points this season. Yeah. Um, 
um, coupled with the production of youth. So we saw JJ come through last season. I'm really excited to see him kick on Nico Gordon. And then there's a few more coming up through the conveyor belt that is probably the source of my excitement as a Blues fan coming into the season. Can some of these young lads uh, do it? But that's that's a lot of pressure for them to be the ones that carry the excitement as opposed to having a good senior squad. So um, I think, yeah, that's that's where we can be excited but it's not an awful lot to, to really grasp onto, is it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what we've been missing, isn't it? The past few seasons is a good, a good bit of structure to the team. Bowie was dealt a hard hand, a tough hand, sorry. Um, I think we've used this, we could have similar issues because obviously off-field uh, things and not enough money to supply the team with quite enough what we need. But it's all down to what he can play with now. You know, he's bought in Placetta, he's bought in Ruddy, uh, Trusty and Sanderson, and he's got to get the best out of those players. And I think he will, because like Gabe, you were saying then about all the places he's been to before and getting these reviews that he's like a good coaching manager. And I thought we played well in pre-season, so it would be good to see if we can kick on from that. Um, let's see what's next about it. Uh, transfer activity, that we're talking about that. Um so it, it's, it's four or five signings we've made. I mean, we've made a couple of young signings. We could possibly include Finley Thorndike in that. Um, but the four signings we've made are John Ruddy, Dion Sanderson, Placetta. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his first name. I've, I've tried before and I've not done it well. And um, uh, who's the last one? I've already said... Two. Oh, you said trusty, didn't you? Um, Sanderson. Yeah, that's it. So, Ruddy, Sanderson, Placetta and Trusty. Mm. Uh, we'll come to you, Tom, first. What do you make of those four signings? After watching him play, I, look, I really like Trusty. I really, really like Trusty. I think he'll have a massive centre in that defence, shoring it up. And there's a reason Arsenal signed him. You know, I mean, I want to say that. We have had Cohen Bramble and Carl Jenkinson from the before who, weren't, who didn't exactly like centuries up. But I, I do believe in interesting um Plachetta looks exciting I still think we need some more through the door I, I can't if we if we don't get more people through I just can't I can't see it's even mounting the challenge to stay up really with this squad at the moment the depth is just so poor and 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 the question I sort of wanted to ask and I was just thinking about when you when you brought this point up was do you expect Dean to make an appearance this season or play a part well, we'll ask that to you, Gabe. What do you think? I feel like Harley Dean is a really um, aggressive defender. And I think there's been times where he's been part of a good season for us in terms of the 18-19 under Gary Monk um, in alongside uh, Michael Morrison. Um, and I think he certainly um, he can do OK at championship level. But I just feel like it's got to the stage now. Firstly, I think he's a very... Um, outspoken character that can have quite a, a sort of dominant influence in the dressing room and sometimes for if you're a young coach that's just carving carving um, a career for themselves in, in management would you necessarily want someone like that um, I'm, I'm not quite sure and I also think that I look at somewhere like Sheffield Wednesday where he seems to have made a real impression with their fans I feel like it would be better for him to go somewhere where he's a really popular figure and he can have a kind of that sort of fresh impact which he's had previously so uh, I'm not sure about Harley Dean I feel like him moving on will probably be best for all parties yeah, we've got wages to deal with, haven't we, as well? Mm. Yeah. 
What do you think, Tom? I, I completely agree with what Gabe said. Um, I was willing to sit on the fence because I do remember at the end of when, when Bowie first came in, he was immense, wasn't it? The back, mm. He was winning everything. I still remember that header that he scored. I can't remember who against, but I just don't know how he generated the power from like, the middle of the box from a nothing, nothing air ball. Mm. And him and him and Jukovic together, I think they were really good at the end of last season, uh, end of the season before when Bowie got made that massive. Um, escape run basically but mm. yeah I agree with Gabe I think he should go I think we, we need to get rid of his wages and he clearly doesn't want to be here I don't think and I don't think the majority of Blues fans want him here really yeah it's the unfortunate thing really because he can do a job for us as we've seen before but I think what really is the fact is that you know it's all good when it's going well but if he starts having a couple of bad games does his attitude go with it as well so you know, would John Eustace want a player like that in the dressing room where one bad game at the back and then he's feeling frustrated with himself and then the, the, the tie starts to turn? I mean, you can see that with a bit of us in last season, actually, towards that sort of November period where Riley McGree was starting to really come on form. Um, but then something just suddenly just turned. Like, we just went on a very, very poor uh, few games. Like, we lost to Hull after we went on that three-game winning streak. We also lost to Reading at home. Um, you know, it's just, I don't know whether it would be like certain characters in the dressing room or I don't know, but that's the sort of the thing that we've hardly been, we've um, had a glimpse at before. I think that might, I think that might be uh, something that he's keeping in mind. Um, would Dion Sanderson, who impressed last season, would he be an alternative for Harley Dean perhaps? We'll come to you, Tom, for that. Sorry, okay, but this is bad. <laughs> um, I think so, and I think he'll play a bigger a bigger role than he did last year. Um, obviously, he was recalled, and I saw QPR fans weren't massively impressed with him, but I thought he was he was solid for us when he played, and I think he is versatile, which is what we need in that in that back four at the moment, especially with the lack of left back. Just being able to sort of move him across just in case. I think his best position is. At centre back, and even I think an even stronger position for him is a wide centre back in that back three. Um, I, I'd like to see him start. I think he was. I really did like him, and I, I, I promise I'm not saying it just because of how good his hair looked when he was running with the ball or <laughs> running back against with his back to goal. But yeah, I think he will play a massive part, and, and I hope he replaces Dean. Um, and I hope Dean doesn't have to just sit on the bench and watch him play as well, to be fair. What comes to you then, Gabe? There's, um, there's mm. a few defenders. There's a quite a defensive sort of transfer window we've been through at the moment. We've, we've bought three defensive-minded players uh, and Plachetta, who's also been playing at wing-back, actually. Mm. Um, does that help with sort of not letting in as many goals as we did last season? Because that, that sure. was a big problem for us last season. Yeah, definitely. And I think that part of the issue that we had, especially after Dion Sanderson went, was that um, we kind of relied on Mark Roberts to be able to put his head on the ball and, and get it clear. Now, I don't think Mark Roberts is a brilliant aerial centre-back because he probably he wins a lot of headers, but he kind of wins it in quite an awkward way. So he's almost stumbling a little bit and then the ball goes back to the opposing team. So I'm not hugely convinced by him, but we didn't have anyone else who was kind of six foot three and able to, to provide that aerial prowess. 
Um, I think Dion Sanderson's got that. And I think for a championship defender, he's actually got a pretty wide range of qualities, isn't he? Because he's pretty quick, he's pretty strong, he's good on the ball, and he can head it away. And for a championship defender, I don't think you can really ask for an awful lot more than that. So, um, yeah, I really like Dion Sanderson. And the fact that he can play uh, right back in a four, right side of a three. And when he was at Sunderland, he played um, as a centre-back in a back four as well. So I think that versatility could help us a lot, especially if the injury crisis and suspensions hit us um, as it did last season. Yeah, yeah. Um, just before we move on, the other three signings, we've got Trusty, Placetta and uh, John Ruddy. Uh Gabe, what do you make to John Ruddy? Although we made that mistake the other day on the uh, preseason. Yeah, I'm, I, I'd be lying if I told you that I was hugely excited by the John Ruddy signing. He's not a goalkeeper I've I've ever been an enormous fan of. Um, mm. uh, granted, he did help Wolves win the title at this level in the 17-18 season. But I, um, I feel maybe this is doing him a disservice, but I feel like... When he's when he's done well in his career, it's been because he's been part of good teams as opposed to being a brilliant goalkeeper. That's the concern I have. Um, I hope his family aren't. Uh, I'm watching this, <laughs> getting some stick from them. Um, you know, listen, I'm sure he's a he's a lovely guy, absolute gent from what people have said about him. But um, as a goalkeeper, I I'm not quite sure and whether he's going to be able to have the reflexes at 35. Hopefully, he will. Um, but he seems a little bit error prone to me. Um, Placetta though is supposed to be absolutely rapid um, didn't quite cut it at Norwich not quite at the level that they were maybe looking for but I see it a little bit similar to Arnold Hernandez actually in the sense that mm. he probably wasn't good enough for, for Norwich at that time but he still made a real impact uh, on our team uh, and I would hope Pachetta can do uh, can do similar He's sort of a left-sided player that's just very quick and very direct and if he can add a little bit of productivity to that then who knows mm. I'm interested by Placetta because I've heard from loads of different people this and that. And, you know, some people are saying like he's the worst player they've ever seen. And then there's some people saying that he's quick and he's got good feet. So it'll be interesting to see what he's got for this uh, team. Uh, Tom, did you say that you were interested in Austin Trusty the other, uh, earlier? Yeah, I, I think out of all of the signings, I mean, it's hard to say that a defender excites you the most. I wouldn't say excited but I really do think he brings stability to that back four or five however we play there's a reason that, mm. um, that, that Arsenal got him um, albeit they loaned him back out but I'd say I'd say that Pochette is more exciting signing with his quick feet his directness um, and I'm willing to back anyone that the club signs really but I think Trusty out of, out of all of them is our best signing in my opinion mm-hmm. So just coming towards the end of this little chat that we're having, um, there's a couple of questions that we want to ask. Uh, want to ask. Uh, first of all, um, um, there was players to watch, but I thought okay, I thought I'd cut that down and think um, who's going to be like our best player this season. Just just from the squad that we've got so far. Uh, we'll come to you, Gabe, since you've made that impressed little noise. <laughs> oh, yeah, so. yeah. Well, no, I, well, to be honest, my noise was more thinking, who, who am I going to go? Mm. I think Sanderson's a great shout. Um, I think he's a, a really good defender, as I mentioned earlier, so he'd be an obvious one. Um, I feel like there's definitely something in Ryan Woods as well. Um, mm. I think he's a really energetic midfielder. Um, I've seen him run games at this level in the past for um, for Brentford as well. Um, and, um, and, yeah, so I think 
think he's a, he's a really good player. Um, and uh, I'm hoping that that's going to come. I'd like to see him sort of bulk up a little bit because he's quite a wiry figure, isn't he, Ryan Woods? And sometimes he can get bullied off the ball a little bit and we can get hurt in transition at times. So that would be one for me to, to look at. But I think if you can get that side of his game, then I think we've got a top half, top 10 championship midfielder on our hands. Mm. No, it's interesting you mentioned Woods. I didn't think to think of him, actually. Um, and interesting in talking about bulking up, because obviously we know that um, when Adams came back for that 18-19 season, he looked a completely different player after mm. being bulked up. Um, yeah. Tom, thoughts maybe? Uh, are we going for like a similar midfielder, defensive midfielder type player, perhaps? Uh, I'm going to go for a striker, and it, it's sort of cliché. Um, I've got two. I've got one that I genuinely think will be our best player. And I've got one where I'm thinking I'm rooting for him and I genuinely think he can offer more than we've seen so far. So I think for our best player, I'm, I'm saying Troy Deeney. I know he's old. I know he's 34. Or I think he's 34. Um, but he just looks like a man on a mission with a point to prove at the moment. And I think mm-hmm. that's the kind of mentality you want from Troy Deeney. He's backs against the wall, scrapping away. I think any any centre back, regardless of the position we're in throughout the season, is going to be terrified of facing Troy Deeney. I think just if you if if we just send every Championship club his pre season training, they'll be absolutely quaking. I think. Um, but so, just yeah, uh, can I, do, if you don't mind yeah, me, yeah. kind of feeding on what Tom said there, like maybe we're are we underestimating the importance of having a character like Troy Deeney around the the place and the fact that he's going to get everyone going and drag everyone up by the scruff of their necks and give us that sort of uh, get our kind of um, yeah, uh, he's got that winning mentality. Pumping, you know what I mean? It? It's like it's that mentality that I think could make a real difference. Like if we're going to mm. stay up, I feel like we're just going to need that scrapping, battling mentality. He yeah, talks all the time. Agree, yeah. Do you know, he motivates people. He conjoles people. Like we're going to need those kind of figures because it's a young squad. Like we're going to have a lot of academy graduates coming in. We're yep. going to need Troy Deeney's leadership. Yes, yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah. Who's, who's your other player then, Tom? So I'm probably got a promise not to laugh. You got a promise, but well, I think I already I know genuinely, who it's going to be. <laughs> I genuinely think Sam Cosgrove can can add this season. I'm not saying he's going to start every game and bag hat tricks left, right, and centre, but I think he has more to offer than what was shown under Bowyer. I mean, people under Bowyer, he was given what two starts was it, and he, he played a variety of cameo roles off the bench for the last ten minutes. He was never there. And then he went to a Shrewsbury side where Steve Cotterall was manager. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those. And he looks he looks sharp in training. He looks sharp in, in, the, in pre-season, I think, in, in the games and the minutes that he got. I think he's going to have more of a role to play. I'm not saying he's going to be our best player, mm. but I just wanted to put it forward to say I think He'll have more of a role this season than mm. he had before. I, I, I'd also say, though, Tom, I think with Sam Cosgrave, he's had two loans in League One. I, I get your point about playing under yeah. control, but but also he, he had a loan at AFC Wimbledon and yeah. um, and they finished the season um, 28 or 27 games winless and that was part of Cosgrove's time there. Yeah. And towards the end of the season, he kind of fell out of favour for them and was part of a squad that was relegated from League One. So um, he's had two poor since in, in League 
League One, and I think I would be I would struggle to be overly bullish about so great finish at Burton. Don't get me wrong, I really like how he took <laughs> that goal. I hope he really kind of uh, that gives him a lot of confidence, and I hope he can build that back up. But I think he's got a lot to prove. I, th- I think so too, and I think that's partly the reason why I'm going. Come on, Sam, please do it because I, I think I'm backing him as well because he's only 25. We've got Scott Hogan, who's 30. We've got Jukovic, who's like 30. Wrong side of 30, anyway, close to 35, mm. I think, if not 35. Oh, Joy Deeney, 34, <laughs> you know, and it's... And then we've got, like, Adam George and Jay Bellingham, who are, like, yeah. ridiculous, who are really young as well. Yeah. And there's no... We, we need... Play, we'd ideally want... Hopefully, Finley Thorndike can... I don't know if either of you have heard anything about Thorndike or... Oh, I, I watched him against... them. Um, I watched him against... Was it Cheltenham that played, played pre-season when they had the two games one day? Oh, yeah. He looks really, really good in, okay. in pre... And um, one of my mates watched that game more thoroughly than I did. I sort of had it on in the background on that. I know that's sacrilege to say on the podcast, but I just, I just couldn't get time to watch it properly. And he was he was raving about Finley Thorndike. Oh, OK. That's exciting. It's interesting points, though. I do agree with quite a lot of what you're both saying. I do agree with that. Deeney can be that motivational character and he can bring that energy to the team, as well as Sam Cosgrove, who, um, pointless fun fact, I suppose, my brother's form teacher is uh, a close friend of Sam Cosgrove, which oh. is... Interesting, but also kind of pointless as well. Uh, but um, last question, uh, and I'll ask this to you, Gabe, first. Sure. Where is a realistic finish for the Blues this season? Uh, what for me? Do you know uh, this? This is going to surprise you a bit. I, as a Blues, obviously, I'm going to get behind my team and support John Eustace and the lads and the young lads coming through. And obviously, for those 90 minutes, I'm just going to be backing the boys all the way. But actually, between those times, I'm probably going to be thinking a bit more about the ownership situation, because for me, what I desperately, desperately want is people to come into this football club and have a clear vision, a sustainable plan uh, who care about the club, who have a little bit of money and ambition, but also know what they're protecting, know what they're safeguarding, are in, prepared to invest in areas of the club that don't contribute to the immediate bottom line, but facilities, match their experience, stadium. Do you know what? Easy, I, yeah. If it took going down to League One to get that, now, maybe those things aren't connected necessarily because we could still get taken over in the championship. But for me, that's the more important thing. I want to have a club that I can get behind again, that I can believe in again, and that I can really sort of engage with because it's really hard because you, you have these situations where um, the club hasn't bothered during COVID times to address issues with the stadium. Really poor on that front. There's been there's been ticketing issues. There's been um, advertising voluntary jobs. There's all these sorts of issues at the club, which make me... I love Birmingham City Football Club. I have since I, I started uh, going 20-odd years ago, but um, I, I find it hard to like the club at times. And mm-hmm. for me, that's the most important thing that I want to change. League position I can take, but what I can't take is not having a football club to believe in and, and that's where I am right now that's a fantastic answer those it's like everything you've raised there is almost like how it feels to be a blues fan right now yeah that, that's a, that's a fantastic answer that is I think that's really great it really does reflect what we are as a club at the moment 
Just coming on to you, Tom. I mean, it's kind of hard to beat that answer now that you've given it. That's <laughs> it. Like... I can't believe, can't believe I'm following I just, I just, everything, every, everything, I, I, everything I agree with, Dave. I just, if it takes us going down to League One, I agree. If we can get a better match day experience and, and do a Wolves and come back up and win the league, you know, or even just come back up and be solid and be up in the top half rather than constantly looking below us. Yeah. Um, my prediction for the season, I'm going to say 20th because I'm, I'm hopeful, but, you know, <laughs> what happens, happens. Yeah. Uh, well, interesting chat. Very interesting. Um, I mean, like, it's difficult to do these podcasts at the best of time because there's just news every single week, every single day, it feels like, with the owners and the kit and all sorts of stuff that's just floating about the club at the moment. It's um, hard to keep up with, but we'll try our best here on Blues Focus um, or try and keep as much of uh, uh, regular podcasts as we can. But uh, it's been a very good chat between you two guys. It's been very interesting to get your thoughts on what you think this season's going to hold. Um, uh, before we go, uh, I'd just like to say thank you for watching and be sure to check out all of our socials down below. Uh, I've been joined by Gabe. Do you want to say goodbye to everybody? Yeah, cheers, everyone. It's, uh, it's been uh, it's a tough time for the Blues, but let's hope that John Eustace and the boys can give us a little bit of positivity. So up the Blues, keep right on, everyone. And you, Tom? Yeah, thanks for watching and, um, you know, stay hopeful, I guess. And, and we're not <laughs> going until we're down. That's what I want to say. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, well, it's never dull sporting the blues, um, but hopefully we can supply a little bit of humour here on Blues Focus. We're trying to keep this positive as much as we can, but, um, you know, it might be a bit hard from time to time. <laughs> Thank you very much for watching and keep right on. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share box ready to go, your mates are already booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.